Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. Blog Talk Book Club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. This is Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific. And on this call, we talk about a particular book. We don't call it the book of the month. We call it the book of the moment because we go way over a month, over 30 days, 60 days. I mean, we're out there now, so we're about to wrap it up, though. And the book is called, uh, Stuart Weil is the author, and the book is called The Trick to Money. Is having some. The trick to money is having some. And um, yeah, I think Stuart Wilde has passed away, I think. I'm going to have to research that in Google and see. I'm sure some of y'all can do that. But uh, he had a lot of stuff out on YouTube also. Well, not a lot, but he had some different stuff on YouTube that uh, you can pull up and check out with Stuart Wilde. He's, uh, he's kind of wild. <laughs> he has the right name. Stuart is kind of out there. He will, he will say what's on his mind, and uh, and I like that, you know what I'm saying, I like that, so this is a great book, this is a, probably our second or third time reading it, in the book club at least, and um, so we're going to get started today, now let me say this, uh, we also put this book club on the podcast uh, platforms, like we have our mindset calls, so it's not a podcast book club, it's just a book club call that's loaded on 16 different podcast platforms like Apple, iTunes, Breaker, um, Spotify. And you can go out and check them out, and they're loaded on there. They're actually loaded in the, in the you know, with uh, the mindset calls also. So if you put Tony Fleming in and uh, put in mindset, you know, all the calls will come up. They're all in order. Uh, you know, the mindset calls during the week, the book club calls on, on, on the weekend. Uh, so all of those are... Uh, are uh, loaded on the podcast platform, and we did that just for easy access. You know, again, we're not a podcast. We're just on the podcast platform. It's a conference call. You can listen to the quality of the call and know it's not a podcast. It's a conference call loaded on that on that platform. So, uh, but let everybody know they can go and and listen to it, and you can share the the, the you know share the uh, calls that's on here. You know, and check you know have people check them out. Tell them. To have them tell you what they what you think about them. If anybody has shared any, because I've said this, <laughs> I don't know how many times. If you have, text me and let me know uh, what kind of response you got. If you have, if you have actually shared some of them, and because um, I know they're you know they're going a lot of different places. Like I said, it, it, you know, wound up in eight different countries. So 
I don't know how that came about, but I guess because it's on that platform and people are just out searching for stuff and they might Google and put in some and um, put it up. And then they're shocked when they hear this. He's like, wow, <laughs> he's giving some good information out. Who is this guy? Um, but, yeah, let me know if, you, if you've done any of that. You know, if you didn't, I understand. But if you can, share it. You know, put it out there. It's free for people to check it out. All right, so let's get started this morning. Um, you know, I got a young lady on this morning also <laughs> who probably thought, oh, I'm done now. You know, shoot, I, I did it other day, and so he's going to, you know, send a number to somebody else that was in the boot camp, but I'm just going to move on. Nope. Um, and the only reason she's on here today is because she actually sent me a text last week, I think, about the book club. And, you know, I always tell you, send me texts about something that you're reading and, um, you know, so we can talk about it. But only a few of y'all do that kind of stuff. Um, only a few of y'all do that. So Stuart Wilde did die. He died in 2013. Thank you, uh, Pam. She's the Google Google queen. That's the catcher when she when some of these songs we play. <laughs> uh, yeah, he died in 2013 at the at the ripe young age of 66 years old. Man. Man, what, what's my partner's, how old's my partner? Um, she's, oh, okay, well, she's not there yet, but she's getting there. <laughs> I didn't call any names, so don't nobody know what I'm saying. I just said my partner. I got a lot of partners. I got a lot of partners out here, so. Um <clears throat> Let's see, I got another text here. Oh, wow, okay. Thank you. Whoever this is, I don't have you in my phone. But let me see who's going to scroll up. We've been talking back and forth for a minute, so why do I not have you programmed in my Oh, okay. I see you. I see you. I see you now. I got to put you in my phone here. But somebody said that uh, someone shared with me, and I stayed listening. Cool. And you've invited other people. Wow. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, that's a good success story there. All right. So, uh, Miss LaVonda, are you there? I am. Yeah, okay, you're there. Okay. You're like, like you, like, I can do this. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about these three uh, text messages you sent me about the book. And then uh, I'll do a little bit of the call this morning. But, I mean, this is the call, the book club. So, uh, tell them the page and what you read from, and then the point that you made. I read from page uh, 121 at the top of the page. And it's talking about the dollar dance concept number 11. If you read through the book, it has different dollar dance concepts or ideas that he's focusing on. So this is concept number 11. And it's talking about persistence, and he uses the analogy of the woodpecker. And what he says is, on your quest, think of the symbology of the woodpecker. Each peck does not amount to much, but eventually the whole bloody tree comes down. So it just reminded me, you've used the bamboo tree before, how long 
it takes before you actually see the growth that the tree is making underneath. And you've also used, like, the lumberjack, you know, chopping away the tree. So I just thought this was a good visual analogy for me to use when I'm thinking about the steps I'm taking every day to be successful in my business. Even though I might not see the results, if I'm being consistent and taking those steps every day, then eventually I'm going to see the results or the tree is going to come down. So the woodpecker analogy had you think about the lumberjack and the uh, the bamboo tree. Right. Because of the I like process. Lumberjack better because it's, it's action. You can see that. Even though me, I know gardening, when you're growing mm-hmm. things, it goes into that too. But I like the the visualization or the idea of the chopping because you're putting in work, you know, over mm-hmm. and over and over. We used to give an analogy or I used to a while back of uh, that when you start a business, it's, it's similar, and, and especially when you're building residual income. Um, when you're building residual income, it um, an analogy I used to give all the time, let's say you had a tree in your backyard that was uh, you wanted to chop down, and uh, you start chopping on the, on the tree, and uh, your neighbor looks over and sees you, and uh, this is, you know, this when neighbors were real neighbors, you know. <laughs> now we just close the blinds. <laughs> Boy, Harry, out there chopping on that tree. <laughs> Let me get some ice cream. <laughs> but before neighbors, when neighbors were real neighbors, they would come out and bring their axe with them. And so they'd say, okay, you're chopping on a tree. Then, you know, okay. Let me get in here. You swing a few, I swing a few. And, uh, oh, then, then, you know, your other neighbor down the street see that too, and they just, hey, honey, I'm going to grab this axe and go up there and help them. And then they get up there and they say, okay, you swing a few, I swing a few, he swing a few. And uh, and then some more neighbors come by. And, you know, it's like it's just a big party going on in the backyard, and everybody's chopping. It's a huge tree, but everybody's taking their turn chopping. And the way residual income works is eventually it's going to be so many people back there taking chimes chopping you can actually put your axe down and tiptoe in the house. And you're in the house, <laughs> and they out there plugging away. That's how residual income works. You have to first build up a team, but the first thing is to get that first person swinging with you, and then the second person swinging with you, then the third person swinging with you. And, the, you know, the, the, true, the truth behind that is, you know, you might be swinging – for a week or two or three weeks or four weeks before the first person even come back there. You know, that's the truth. Or you might be swinging for a year before you start getting the right people that's going to help you chop down the tree. Um, but if you keep swinging, somebody's going to come along and say, hey, I, that, let me help you out with that because I think I need to, you know, do this also. Especially if, you, if you've grown and you, your conversation is different. And now you're, you know, you're, you, you have a different vibe about yourself. And now people kind of want to be around you because they're hearing different things. You know, you, you're not sounding like the average Joe. And so now they just want to come around and just swing just to be in the, in the, in the uh, vicinity of you and just, you know, just to be in the area so they can be in the group. Just to, And that comes from growth. And, you know, but start adding more people, add more people. And uh, next thing you know, you know, you got residual coming in, and you're moving on to another tree. You 
You know, that's one leg there. Now you got to move on to another leg. But, you know, that's a good analogy, though. So what was the second one you sent me? The second one was on that same page, and it's kind of talking about what, you, what you're saying in terms of chopping the tree down. But also knowing that things don't always go in a, a straight line. I think you call that, uh, what do you call that? When you expect things to keep in, increments or something like that. Increments that don't go like, yeah, they don't go like, you know, 500, then 1,000, then 1,500. No, it doesn't. It might not move for a minute, and then all of a sudden it jumps. Right, and that's what, at the bottom of page 121, he says, so often we expect things in life to be cozy and guaranteed. We demand that things happen in a certain format or in a predetermined way. Otherwise, we deem them to have failed. So, like, for me, you know, I might have a certain number of people this week or I might have a certain volume or make a certain residual income this week. It might go, and I need to understand that's just a part of it. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not growing. It's just a part of, you know, some, it ebbs and flows sometimes. You can freeze me down a little bit before you go back up. But you just still have to stay consistent and have patience. Man, that's the truth there. If you was a preacher, you stand in the pulpit with your arms folded. That's the ebbs and flow of the business. It comes up, goes down, comes up, goes down, comes up, goes down. And in that process, that's when most people quit because they can't take that roller coaster ride. But it happens. You know what I'm saying? It's just up and down. And then at, at some point, it gets to be so solid that even when it's down, you can't really notice it because the ups and downs are still going to be there, but not like, you know, in the beginning. In the beginning, boy, to take you up, drop you down, take you up, you, you get a title, and you think, boy, I'm here. Then, boom, it drops down, and you, you go you go up again, and you get around and get another title. And you're like, oh, man, I'm here now. Boom, it drops down. And that's just that's business. That's the ebbs and flows of business. And uh, a lot of people don't realize, they don't understand that. You know, they just, they're like, I'm here. And, uh, you know, that's why when some pe- some people uh, think that just getting the title is all that, you know, I don't know how people think it's just going to grow from a title. No, you're going to get a title. That's good. You should get a title. You should get promoted. It should be great. All of that stuff because we should always be advancing. But what I'm saying is you can't just expect that your business, because you got to that title, going to be like, okay, I got it from here. We're going to move to the next title. It doesn't work that way. You got to keep you got to keep putting in the work uh, to keep it going. All right, so what was the last one? The last one was on page 128, about three-quarters of the way down the page. It's talking about intent will. And it says, if your intention is forceful, and your will is clearly defined, people line up to give you what you want. You have to have confidence in yourself. You have to be able to believe in your own power. If you have the slightest doubt about your worthiness, it takes you immediately from infinite possibilities to a more sparse result. And so what I was questioning you about, first I had a question I was asking, was that similar to the law of attraction? And then I was also recognizing how, I know that's an area that I need to work on because I'm not always confident in what I'm talking about with people. You know, I shy back away from telling them about my prices or even talking to people about my products or my business a lot of times. So I know that's something that I need to work on. So you you, you pull back from talking to them about a, a bigger package, a bigger amount of money, and you stay 
Is that what you said? Yeah, you know, especially when that shipping call come in. You know, it might be one person, you add that shipping and all that is another. So, you know, <laughs> oh. But see, but see, see, that's what you got to learn to let them know all that is, in the, you know, like if, if it's a $99 something package or whatever, I'm telling them, i say, look, uh, you know, you can get started for around 125 or something like that. Because <laughs> that's how you have to do your people. Because our people act like, like, we don't, you don't pay shipping and tax nowhere else. You know what I'm saying? They're like, right. <laughs> this is the only place we pay shipping and tax. Oh, how much is that? Like, like when you went to Macy's to buy that shirt, you paid taxes on that. You might not have paid shipping because you walked out the store with it. But, you know, I, I know Amazon and messed some people up because Amazon include the shipping and the prices, and they tell you it's free shipping. So, you know, and it's misleading to me because there ain't no free shipping. But I understand what you're saying, so you kind of kind of give them a ballpark. You know, you could say, well, it's 99, but, you know, out the door, like I always ask when I go get a new tire at a, at a tire company, and they say, at a, at a tire store, and they say, well, the tire costs, you know, $299. I say, well, how much is it out the door? Because I need to know out the door means everything y'all done done to it, the taxes, the all other stuff y'all sneak and put on the wheels, and I just need to know the total because, you know, you could say two ninety nine, but when you get to that tire store, I promise you it's three sixty. You know what I'm saying? So, and they don't flinch. You know what I'm saying? They don't say, "Oh," they might say, "They might say, well, I'll give you, uh, you know, ten dollars off or something like that." They might say that, but only reason they can say that because they really have padded the price. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they <laughs> and I already put it in there. So, you know, I would, you know, start saying it that way. You know, because, hey, you know, 99 or whatever, 199 but or 399 but, you know, once you, you know, take care of all the stuff that the government wants and, you know, you let them know that it ain't got nothing to do with you is the government wants this money, you know, um, this is what it's going to cost. Are you ready to do that now or you you still not bold enough? Yeah, I'm ready to, because well, the point is the cost is, is the cost. I got to have the mm-hmm. confidence to step up to the plate and say what the cost is. If it's $1,000, that's what the cost is. The right people mm-hmm. are going to pay it, and that's what I need to understand. It has more to do with me and my self-worth than it does, you know, telling somebody what the price is. I got to know that I'm worth that. Right. And and whatever you're selling is worth that. Right. What you're selling yourself, too, but whatever, you know, whatever product, you got to say, okay, this is worth, this, this is the price, so this is how much it costs, you know. This is it. Right. And most people are like, well, I don't want to lose this person. I understand. And I understand that part there, too, because especially when you first getting started, you're trying to get a few people on your team, and, boy, you you know, you're almost literally ready to pay for it, you know what I'm saying, because you, <laughs> you want to get them in the door. But, you know, at a certain point, you know, you got to, uh, as they say, posture up. You got to put, put your posture in and say, look, this is what it is. And uh, now – you know, I work with people too. Now, there's other creative ways that you could do stuff. Uh, you want to get people, you know, going, but you know, you still get still, you still, still full price. It's just some other creative things <laughs> that you can do. So, <laughs> all right, ma'am, I appreciate it. Anything else you want to say? Is that those are the three points? That's it. That's it. <laughs> you don't have anything else you want to say about the book? I like, I mean, I like the book. I've liked all the books we've read, except for maybe one that was hard for me to read. <laughs> you told me about that one. Yep. 
Yeah. So I, what I, was your fa- what's your favorite book so far that that we read out of all the books? My favorite has been Outwitting the Devil. I don't know what it was about that book, but it just kept my attention. Mm. It was hard to put it down. And this one was kind of like that, too. Um, I did have moments where I didn't read it, but when I read it, I read way more than five pages. Like, um, we've had a lot of holidays the last couple of weeks, and I literally just went through the book in in a week or two. Um, okay. Now, there's one particular book you said you liked, and I, and I just I told everybody... I actually stopped reading the book. Remember, I cut this book off in the middle, and I said, nobody's responding. Nobody's saying anything about this book. I said, I don't think we need to just, I think we need to move on from the book, and I did. And then you called me and said, that was one. I thought you was going to say that was your favorite book. But what what book was that? That was Relentless. And and, and just like with this, when you say call me, text me, I guess I, I just have in my mind, that what I'm saying is not that significant or other people calling and talking about whatever, but it's it's not about that. If I feel like I need something to talk about or if I'm just telling you I like this part of the book, then that's what I'm going to do. At that time, I just didn't do it. But I love Relentless, probably because I'm an athlete and all the sports Mm. references and stuff like that. That was another one that kept me engaged in the book, hearing about Kobe Bryant, which is one of my favorite all-time athletes. Reading about him, it just it kept my attention. Wow, because nobody was saying anything about the book. Nobody. I'm saying, and that was my favorite book. You know what I'm saying? Relentless was a book. When I started, when I read that book, I mean, I read it over and over and over and still reading it. And uh, But I was just shocked that, you know, I didn't hear anything from anybody. It was crickets, man. It was like, I'm like, you know, let me just stop. <laughs> we'll move on to something else. But uh, but it's good that you did, you know, you know like that book and uh Got some information from it. All right, man, appreciate it. Um, thank you for jumping on when I send you, so I'm just letting everybody else know. Well, the other two that was in the boot camp, you're going to get a text in a minute. So, you know, somebody, uh, LaVonda didn't make any excuses, so we, we, we know that y'all two are not going to do that either, right? <laughs> I'm really talking to one person on here. <laughs> I'm not talking to the other person, but <laughs> I just want to make sure that one person knows who I'm talking to. And some of y'all might know. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> oh, somebody gave you an answer to the uh, to the uh, the tax question, Lavonda. They said uh, you need to tell them. So yeah, I know, girl. I pay it too. What's your card number? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, and you really don't know, 
and you, we have to be creative in still getting people to hear us um, because they're saying they know and they really don't know. But he says, but for the most part, people range from fairly incompetent to utterly useless. Remember I said that this guy is straightforward. <laughs> from fairly incompetent to utterly useless. Uh, this applies to professional people, you know, which is educated ones, as well as the ordinary working folk. Just because a fella has a business card that says he's passed his account, his, his accountancy exam doesn't mean that that one should take it for granted that he knows what he's doing. Just because he got a business card that says he's an accountant, that you can't take for granted because he says many don't. They don't know what the heck they're doing. And that's the truth. Um, he says, as you plan, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, as you plan, um, no, I'm sorry. The point to remember is in dealing with people, that, and that's what we do, folks. We deal with a lot of people, all right? In dealing with people, never pre, never presume anything. And, and I know we do that a lot, too. Clarity of communication is vital. The rule is to repeat everything three times and then check it four. In that way, as you entrust parts of your plan to others, you feel secure. So you, you literally have to say to people three or four times, all right, did you understand what I just said? That's why I say to a lot of people, can you run that back to me, what I just said? Then they get mad. I know what you just said. You ain't got to ask me to do that. Well, okay, let me hear what I just said. I ain't no child. <laughs> I'm not calling you a child. I'm just asking you to tell me what I just said to you so I can get some clarity. When I ain't, you know, you talk to me like that. <laughs> but you have to figure out a way because, you know, there's a lot of us are just, we might not be child in age. You know what I'm saying? I just put it that way. We might not be child in age, but a lot of times if you want to, if you, if you're a teacher and you want to get the point across and you, because, you know, you have to teach in this business because you want people doing certain things that, and you want them to understand that because if not, you can get off the phone after talking to somebody for 30 minutes and literally they don't know what you just said. That's why I always say when you have people come to a guest, come to a meeting, or guests get on a Zoom presentation, or guests, you know, whatever, and so you're, you're doing your presentation and you're sounding good and everything is good, we're assuming that they understand what we're saying. And I'm telling you that's a bad assumption. That's a bad assumption because these people don't understand half the stuff we're saying. That's why I try to get off the, the, the calls or the presentations as soon as I can, as quickly as I can, and get to start asking questions so I can see where they are really. Did they really understand what was said? Did they really? Because they're come, they're, they will ask you three questions that you went over on the presentation, and you're sitting there thinking, I know I said that. Yeah, you said it, but they didn't hear it. Or they heard it and didn't understand it. See, we, we assume... Especially as we get oh, as we get more mature in the business, and it, everything comes, 
naturally for us, and everything, you know, we've done it for so long, we just assume everybody else knows that everybody else is getting it, and that's not the case. You have to, man, you have to, like he says, you got to, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got this. Tell me what you got from it. Tell me how what you because literally that's why I'm always asking you about the books. That's why I'm always asking you to send me a text message from something you're getting here because a lot of you all might be thinking you're getting something and you're getting the wrong thing. That's not the point that was made because you're hearing it from your thought process. You're hearing it from your mindset at this point, and your mindset at this point, you know, is totally different from a you know from probably what he's saying in the book. So clarity of communication is vital. Let me give you the rule again. Repeat everything three times. Check it four. See, a lot of times in the presentation, I used to, I hadn't done that lately, but I used to say in the presentation, because they used to say, they used to teach us this. Tell them, tell them what you're going to say in the beginning, and then say what you told them, and then at the end, you know, confirm everything that was said. So pretty much give a quick, like, a what you're going to say through the presentation in the beginning, and then go ahead and say it, and then at the end, you kind of recap it. You kind of recap it, because, like, lately on the Zoom, like, when, you know, when Lisa's finished the presentation, I come back and say I want to reiterate three or four points. Because, first of all, you don't even know if the people that were listening even heard those first points or they missed it or something. Because, you know, a lot of folks, they put their um, their picture up, and you don't know what they're doing behind it. <laughs> you know what happened to that uh, guy was the CNN guy? You know, <laughs> he, I don't think he's back to work yet. I guess they're trying to wait for that to blow over. But y'all know, y'all know what happened to him, right? He's watching the Zoom. And uh, I guess he thought his camera was off. <laughs> While he was getting off. <laughs> and so you don't know what people are doing while you're talking. So it's good to reinforce a lot of stuff two or three times um, just to make sure that people have some clarity and make sure folks hear it. Because, you know, like I said, we we get into the thing and we're feeling good about what we're saying, but that's because we appreciate it. It's because we're making money from it because we love the product. Because, but somebody new listening, they they ain't feeling that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you gotta you gotta really just keep putting it in the face because he says you get this. Is what you gotta understand now. This is and I'm not calling any person name out. He says that, but for the most part, people range from fairly incompetent to utterly useless. And that was the thing that Lavonda used to asked me about when I told her what was it what were we talking about LaVonda if you still on about uh, when you said Mr. Fleming I know these people what what was it I don't know if you're still on are you still a moderator yeah I'm still on I think we were talking about these people getting the unemployment and not preparing for the unemployment to run out right like one night on our boot on our boot club uh, boot club boot camp One night on our boot camp call, we were talking about, yeah, you know, that's what we got on that subject, right? And then you start saying, now, Mr. Fleming, I know these people know that, what'd you say? 
that the unemployment was going to run out. So, I mean, you're getting eight, $900 a week, whereas regular unemployment is normally three or $400, I think. In my mind, I would think they would have been saving some of that. Saving some of it. I'm like, no, no, everybody don't think that way. They, they, they're not thinking that that's going to end. They're not thinking. They're not even thinking. You say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, these folks got they can't, They got to have common sense like that. And I said, no, everybody, you'll be, be surprised to think that people think the way you think. Nope. They just they wouldn't raise that way. They don't have. And I actually found the article or something and sent it to you, I think, after that. And I don't know. I can't remember what it was. I said, look at this. Was it a video? It was a video. Mm-hmm. It was a video. It was a video of somebody doing a. Uh, might be Eric Thomas. Might be that that uh, blog. I mean that uh, podcast they do. It might have been that. I can't remember. But I was like, see, these people are not. You you're assuming that people are that bright. You're assuming that people are on the same level where you are. You're assuming that you you saying that's common sense, Mr. That's com- they just they I think you can't tell me these people. Don't. I'm saying I'm telling you they don't. They don't, they, they're not thinking that way, they're not feeling that way, they're not, it's just, it's the truth, it's just they're not, they're not on that, on that level. I mean, he says it clearly, people range from fairly incompetent to utterly useless. <laughs> now, I wouldn't say that to anybody's face. I'm reading this from the book, and I'm just saying it, so if a hit dog barks, you know, you can just bark, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's you. But I'm just saying, when you talk to people, and when you're presenting, and when you're doing everything, you got to assume that that's how they're operating. you got to assume that they're kind of airy. you got to assume that they just not really, so that you can try to, you know, make sure that you have clarity with that. And then it ain't a guarantee. That's why I want to get them to talk it and say, okay, you, you got questions or whatever. You got anything you want to say about this? Let me, let me. Let me hear. And then they'll ask you questions. They'll ask you questions that you went over in the presentation. Because I have to emphasize that a lot. I have to say, okay, I'm gonna get good at this. I'm gonna. I already know the questions they're gonna ask at the end, so I'm gonna go and put them in the. I'm gonna go and put them in the presentation, and I'll just go ahead and answer it. So then at the end, they they already you know they already answered the question. Then they'll come back and ask me the question that I answered. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's, it's just it's. Based on where you are at the time in life and what you're thinking about, especially especially at a Zoom now, because I can see, you know, like, you know, before COVID, we used to sit in, in the rooms, right? I know that sounds like old school now. We used to sit in a meeting in a hotel. You know, I could look in people's eyes and kind of see if they drift in, if they're going away. I could see if they're kind of interested. I could tell, you know, I even, I used to walk up, like if somebody's in the second row and I could tell they dozing off, I'll walk right to that second chair and kind of, you know, stand right there, so make sure. I can tell who's, you know, who's in and who's understanding. But on the Zoom, you don't know who's on it. On a conference call like this, I don't know what y'all doing on the other end right now. I don't know y'all in there just, you know, on mute, you know, having breakfast with the TV up loud and y'all bouncing around the room or you listening to some music or you sleep or, you know. Look, the other night, literally on the Zoom, we somebody was snoring. So, so you have to make sure that you're doing your best to get points across when you're doing any kind of presentation. Because, see, what I'm saying is you got to make you got to understand that people are not. You got to treat it as if people are not as bright as you think they are. That's what I mean by that. All right. 
So um, let me read this last paragraph. We're going to wrap up. We're going to actually wrap up the book here. Um, so as you grow in the business and you grow, the average person, you need to understand that every person can concentrate on something for about two minutes. Did you hear me? Two minutes. In two minutes, they're off to the races. Their mind is somewhere else, and then you've got to bring them back. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta reinforce what you're talking about. You kind of, kind of bring them back and say, "Now this is the point that you really need to hear." You gotta say, "Well, look, let me lean forward so you can hear this." You gotta say, "Look, let me tell you something. I got something here that, and I believe in this point here. And if y'all just take this point, you gotta make them sit up to do something. You know, whether they, you know, you can't miss this. You know, it's because people are gone every two or three minutes." Every two or three minutes. He says, unless you are on top of the situation hour by hour, day by day, your people will soon drift into busy work. Now, that consists of piddling about doing nothing in particular. Remember I said uh, that a lot of times when you get frustrated, you just fall off and don't do nothing. And he says you fall off and do busy work. Most of us don't even do busy work. We get busy doing other stuff. But he says now, I mean, I'm talking about, he's probably talking about somebody that's, you know, working on an eight to five, eight to five. But he says in business there are jobs that are productive and sometimes confrontational, for they test you. And then there's the other work, none which earns any money. People avoid the confrontational productive stuff as much as possible, and they're here for the busy work, as if it were a pile of free donuts or something. Um, he says, so it is vital, therefore, that you stay in touch not only with yourself and your goals, but also with the people around you. You need to let them know what is important to you and have to ensure that they concentrate on the productive stuff as much as possible. So you've got to stay in touch with people, make sure that, you know, just checking in what you see, if anything I can do to help. Did you, uh, what did you think about the call this morning? And then pause for a minute. <laughs> they say, what call this morning? <laughs> Because you already think they're on the calls, they're not on the calls. You got to stay in touch with people and say, oh, man, you, you went on the call this morning, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 something, something uh, came up. You got to, because people, if you don't, and like he said, they'll be drifting somewhere else, man. If you don't stay in touch, he says, you have to ensure that they concentrate on productive stuff as much as possible. Now, you can't be a manager and force them to do anything. That's where your creativity has to come in and, you know, your growth has to come in to where you, you know, that you really getting this point across to them without them feeling like you're trying to push them. He says the problem is they will constantly run away like little kids. And so part of your time and effort would be to haul them back by the ear and repeatedly indicate to them what is vital and what is not. Let me grab your ear and pull you right on back over here. Now, this is things we should be doing. These are the list of things we ought to be, you know, are you doing that, you know? Because, you know, first of all, when they quit, they're going to tell you that you didn't say any of that. That's why you need to pound it on them and say, now, I know you can't say I ain't say that, right, because you got tired of me saying it, right? Because that's the first thing they're going to say when they quit. Yeah, you know, there ain't nobody support me. Ain't nobody help me. Ain't nobody. And see, you know, <laughs> you sitting there like, you know, you want to choke them because you know that you did your best to help them. You know that you called them and all that. 
and you know that you you know you kept trying to contact them. Um, <laughs> but you you know they gonna still tell you that you didn't do anything. Um, so <laughs> let me see. Should we finish here? No, I'm gonna finish next week. But I'm still gonna name the new book next week. But we're gonna finish next Saturday on this book because I got some more stuff I want to go over. All right, folks. Man, I'm running out of music here, man, because we've done so much, so many different songs, and just and, and every other song I came across, I'm like, y'all gonna know this song, y'all gonna know that song, y'all gonna know every. So it ain't, it ain't, it ain't getting to be any fun anymore. I'm putting it that way. It's not getting to be any fun anymore. So I'm probably gonna stop doing the music. Maybe next week we'll start with movies again. Some I come up with movies, or I come up with something else because all the, you know, everything else. I can pick a song that you don't know, and then nobody's going to win. Or I can pick a song that everybody knows, and then that's just too easy. I mean, I can't play, you know, every song like, no, you know that song, you know that song, too easy. So, <laughs> I got five songs today. And, uh, you know, let's go through these songs. And these, it, it, Look, I had to really try to search to get y'all something that I know that just ain't that easy to know, okay? Something that ain't that simple. All right, so I'm going to start off with one. I'm going to be shocked if you get this one right away. Somebody might get it. I need to know the name of the song and the name of the group. All right, and this payday today, this is a Subway Sandwich Day, so you get your cash. <laughs> you ain't got to build it up to $25. Here we go. I know that song, I know that song, but I don't know who it is. Good. So you don't get the ten dollars on that one. Alright. <laughs> but that's that's called Walking Into Sunshine. Somebody texted me and said Sunshine, but you didn't give me the name of the group, but I, you couldn't get it with just Sunshine anyway. You had to get a whole you had to get a whole name. But it's called Walking Into Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's by a group called Central Line. All right, let's see about this one here. This this should be this should be pretty simple here. Got 
I'll give you a hint. Oh, there you go. Got it. <laughs> All right, that, that I was going to say, um, everybody kept saying Cool in the Game. That is Cool in the Game. All right, but nobody gave me the name of the song until this one person here who I locked in my phone again. Let me scroll up and see what this is. We've text back and forth, but Nicole. All right, so Nicole got that. That's uh, Summer Madness. Matter of fact, that's what Will Smith did. You know, he remade it, you know, sped it up a little bit. But that was Will Smith's biggest song, The Summer Madness. Um, well, what did, what did Will call that song? Summertime. Summertime. That's what he called it, Summertime. But that was Cool in the Game, Summer Madness. Um, let me see. How many songs was that? That was one, two, three. <clears throat> All right, number four here. Now, when this song came out, I remember when it came out, I I was arguing back and forth with Lisa about, you know, the original beat, the original song that it came from. And I kept telling her, I said, this is, I kept, because I was saying Stacey Lattisaw, but it wasn't Stacey, it was actually the original, because Stacey Lattisaw actually re, remade this song too. But the original song came from somebody else. And uh, I mean, we I kept listening to the song because I said I kept saying that's that's what that's that's uh you know because the song was it was the number one song for a while, uh, and but I was trying to I kept thinking of the older song that it came from you know uh, the remake that it came from, and uh, I finally figured it out and I got the name of it uh, because at that time I didn't realize that that song came out this song we talking about I'm talking about came out in 2009. It was on this guy's CD, and I didn't realize that you could go to the CD and look at the songs, and it'll tell you where's the remake, you know, where the beat came from. Um, so I went on for about a month trying to, you know, it was kept coming in my head. I'm like, I know this song. I know this song. Then I finally got it. I said, that's where the song, because Kanye did the beat. I can tell you that. Kanye West did the beat, and he always do those. And I said, okay, that's the song. All right, so here, here we go. You got to tell me the name, because matter of fact, this is a this is a combination of the two songs. The first song that's gonna come on, you know, for a few seconds is the is the song that I was, you know, that was the song that came out in two thousand nine. So you got to give me the name of that song and the name of the artist. <laughs> then you got this is where you gonna mess up at on the other song because <laughs> they put it together. It's a smooth beat here. You got to tell me the name of that song and the name of that group. <laughs> So now y'all, you're going to get the first part of it. Well, you know what's funny? I bet you some of y'all might get the second part don't get the first part. All right, so I need to know the name of both of the artists and name of both of the songs. Matter of fact, I'm going to add $5 to this one. So I'm going to make you get 15 if you can get this one. All right, you ready? Here we go.
Somebody tell me the name of the first song, and then somebody telling me the name of the second song, but none of y'all telling me both. I need to hear both, so don't. <laughs> I know that the younger folks tell me the name of the first song, <laughs> and the more mature people tell me the name of the second song. I need both. I told y'all it wouldn't change the latter song clearly. got close. I'm not giving you that, though. So you gave me both of the songs, but you still, one of the artists was wrong. That's not, I keep telling y'all, it's not Stacey Lattisaw. Stacey Lattisaw remade that song, too. It's one person, like Barbara, you got the name of the, the second group. You got the name of the second group and the song, uh, but you don't have the name of the first group. All right? Okay, Renee, you don't you don't have the name of the artist though. You got the name of uh, well, you don't have the name of the first. Well, no, nope, you don't have it either. <laughs> I'm gonna let it play some more. getting that today <laughs> so <laughs> but that's the jay-z song y'all you know some of y'all got that with alicia keys and uh but some of y'all messing up the name of the song what's, what's the name of jay-z song because y'all got on here <laughs> see y'all be going with the hook don't you y'all go y'all go with the hook um <laughs> y'all go with the hook i'm not giving you credit for it anyway uh but Nobody named the song, but that's uh, Empire State of Mind with Jay-Z. Most of y'all saying New York. New York, New York, New York. <laughs> it's called Empire State of Mind. Now, the second song, Barbara got that one. That's that's The group is called The Moments, and it's called Love on a Two-Way Street. See, Stacey Lattisaw remade that, but The Moments made it first. I think that song came out in the early 70s or something. See, Kanye go find those old beats. And he put them together. <laughs> All right, Mark, here's your chance. You get you get your Subway sandwich today. It's the last song I'm gonna play. So we only got we only what two people won so far. Let me see. Ron on Nicole. Okay. All right. So you should get this one. I'm gonna tell you about this song too before I play it. <laughs> 
I I listened to this song coming back. I was in Memphis, or it's uh, Tammy Tam- Memphis. Everybody from Memphis, you can tell they're from Memphis. They say I'm from Memphis. They put the U.S. on the end instead of I.S. I'm from Memphis. So, <laughs> so I was coming back from Memphis, and uh, and I had this CD, and I started playing the song when it first came out. <laughs> what you mean? No, y'all say Memphis. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I heard the song. I'm like, man, this is real. Here, this is powerful. And I played it over and over and over. And then I went and Googled it to see was it true. Because at that time, it didn't come up on Google like that. Because it wouldn't even, you know, it didn't. It was like a year later, or two, maybe two or three years later before I actually ran across it on YouTube. And the guy was telling the story about it being a true story. Because the way he was, you know, rapping it and talking about it, it would definitely sound real to me. And uh, so when I when it finally, you know, three years later, I saw him on YouTube and they was interviewing him, asking about. It. He's like, "Yeah, that was that was all true, everything I said." So this is a powerful song, but I know you got this one, Mark. I'm gonna play this, and it's gonna be the last song. So y'all should tell me the name of the artist and the name of the song. Listen to the lyrics, though. Sing about me in a song. 
problem because he said, I know you're going to be big. I know because nobody knew about Kendrick at the time. And he said, I see you in this house. I see you rapping. And I know eventually you're going to get bigger and you're going to be famous. And I know eventually that I, my fate is going to be just like my brother. But just promise that you sing about me and promise that you talk about me when you get big. And this was before he even got, you know, it was just that he knew that Kendrick had the talent and he knew he knew the path he was on and he knew that, that he wasn't going to stop that. And he knew where Kendrick was going. So he said, you know, when you write a song, just promise that you sing about me. But the way he put it in the lyrics, man, you got you to gotta check it out. So I'm going to let it play out. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Morning and figured I call you in case I'm not here tomorrow. I'm hoping that I can borrow a piece of mind. I'm behind on what's really important. My mind is really distorted. I find nothing but trouble in my life. I'm fortunate you believe in a dream. This orphanage we call a ghetto was quite a routine. And last night was just another distraction or a reaction of what we consider madness. I know exactly what happened. You ran outside when you heard my brother cry for help. Held him like a newborn baby and made him fail. Like everything was alright in a fight he tried to put up But the type of bullet that stuck had went against his will Last blood spill on your hands, my plan's rather vindictive Everybody's a victim in my eyes When I ride, it's a murderous rhythm And outside became pitch black A demon glued to my back, whispering, get him, I got him And I ain't give a f- That same mentality I told my brother not to duck In actuality, it's a trip how we trip off of colors I wonder if I ever discover a passion like you and recover The life that I knew as a youngin' in pajamas and thunderdons When thunder comes, it rains cats and dogs dumb Cause like me, never prosper Prognosis of a problem child I'm proud and well devoted This pyrush been near me forever So forever, I'ma push it wherever, whenever And I love you cause you love my brother like you did Just promise me you tell the story when you make it big And if I die before your album drop, I hope
loud It can water down a demon with the Holy Ghost Till it drown in the blood of Jesus I wrote some reps that make sure that my lifeline Freaking the scent of a reaper Ensuring that my allegiance with the other side may come soon And if I'm doomed, may the wound of my mother be blessed for many moons I suffer a lot And every day that glass mirror get tougher to watch I tie my stomach in knots And I'm not sure why I'm infatuated with death My imagination is surely an aggravation of threats that can come about Cause the tongue is mighty powerful And I can name a list of your favorites that probably vouch Maybe cause I'm a dreamer and sleep is the cousin of death Really stuck in the schema Wondering when I'm a rest And you're right, your brother was a brother to me And your sister's situation was the one that put me In a direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen By any means wasn't trying to hold in to come between Her personal life, I was like, it need to be told Cursing the life of 20 generations at the her soul Exactly what would happen if I ain't continue Rapping or steady being distracted by money, drugs, and four fives I count lives, all on these songs Look at the weak and cry Pray one day you be strong Fighting for your rights, even when you're wrong And hope that at least one of you think about me when I'm gone Am I worth it? Did I put enough work in? Promise that you will Think about me Promise that you will Right here, right. Oh, oh. we're on the block right now, man. Like we, we think we're right here. Black. Brother, 